This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Doing Psalm 120 this morning. And it is an, it's a psalm about dealing with people who, who live around you. And it is also a, it also is a, it has some prophetic aspects to it because it mentions two groups of people, mainly more importantly, one group of people who, who are regularly mentioned in, and in the revelation as, as people that are having to be dealt with, they're having to be dealt with as enemies of what God's doing. I think it's interesting that he brings them up. He says, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongue, from a deceitful tongue. This is someone who's dealing with people lying about them. And that's a very hard thing to deal with. It really is a hard thing to deal with. Oftentimes, people want to, the, your initial reaction is for you to defend yourself. And uh, defending yourself, I found, oftentimes leaves you looking as if there is some culpability or there's some there's something you did that was wrong. It is never good for you to have to, it's never good for you to defend yourself. Uh, God is the one who defends us. God is the one who is our advocate. God is the one who, who takes care of us. And so many times in life, we, we're cut off and we feel like we've been done wrong and we're outraged by it. But the truth is that we've wronged as many as have wronged us. And the desire to defend oneself is so strong and oftentimes leads you into error. In fact, in many times, it's a trap. And notice notice, de- notice in this psalm, it, it, it says that the Lord is the one I cried out to. God is the one I cried out to about this situation. God is the one I, I reached out to when I was uh, dealing with this trouble and this uh, difficulty. He said, what shall be given to you or what shall be done to you? you false tongue. And sometimes as I'm looking at this, sometimes as I'm reading this, I I begin to think, I begin to think maybe he in some ways is talking about himself because your tongue, your lying can lay a trap and a snare for you. It can cause you to be in a position where you're in, there's no defense for you. And, and sometimes I think that he, Yeah, you could read this psalm both ways. You could read it in a way where you where you both look at it from someone else's perspective and them lying about you, or you could look at it from your own perspective about how oftentimes what you have to say and what you do bring you put you into a, a bad situation. He said, "Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree." That's what that's what that does. It does it does it does cause a burning. It it does cause just an emptiness and 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 and, a, and, and pain, a strong pain in your heart when you're dealing with something like this. And the struggle the struggle is real. He said, "Woe is me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell 
in the tents among the tents of Kedar. The grand, some of the grandsons of Noah are named Meshach and Tubal. And uh, Meshach and Tubal are mentioned in Ezekiel, just for me to go into it in a little bit of depth. Meshach and Tubal are two of the nations that are mentioned that are a part of this alliance, this northern alliance, really what it is. And, and the northern alliance is going to go to war against Israel. And I know we always get all caught up into what's the next sign. Was, and there are a lot of things going on that relate to that relate to Scripture. But when you're studying prophecy and when you're looking at prophecy, it's important that you do it the right way. And when I say do it the right way is you let the Scripture shed light on the times you live in. Oftentimes, and I discussed this with my brother during the Thanksgiving holidays, oftentimes we allow the times we live in to try to shed light on Scripture, which is so antithetical to what the Word of God says. And so what we do is we try to take certain situations, certain events in, in our lives or in our history, and we try to cram them in. And this is where it's talking about this, and it's talking about the feathers of the eagle, and, and we're the eagle. Or We just try to figure out how, how the events that we're living in relate to prophetic Scripture. And the truth is that's what we do in our own life. We try to cram how we've lived our life into Scripture and make it okay how we've lived our lives. But the truth is, if you're going to understand the events and the times that you live in, you've got to let Scripture shed light on them. If you're going to understand your own life and you're going to understand your, your, what's going on around you and what's happening each and every day in your life, if you're going to allow those things to go on, in your, if you're going to have that happen in your life, you've got to allow you've got to allow. Uh, scripture to speak into your life where you're at and shed light on the situation that you're in. And even though I, I think it's neat that he brings it up here, it's important that you understand that Meshach, Meshach is closely associated with the country of Turkey. And Tubal, generally speaking, is, I know you, I'm going to say Georgia, and we're in Alabama, and y'all think that's just over near Atlanta. But no, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. There's a country called Georgia. It's actually a, it was actually a province of Russia. And when, when the Soviet Union, when the Soviet Union broke up, Georgia was a, was a, a province of it. They're, they're Shiite Muslims, and they align themselves along with Turkey and Iran and Russia. And there is a great war that brings about the of uh, brings about the tribulation. And that war is between those nations and Israel. And I find it interesting that he says, Woe is me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. He says, My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. And as I'm reading this, I'm realizing that you know what? He's actually talking about he's actually talking about people who regularly don't enjoy peace. And in all actuality, this region of the world that he's talking about is what was known as the Ottoman Empire before World War One, And it was an empire for several hundred years. And they were warlike and they were, they regularly attacked their neighbors and fought with their neighbors. And sometimes scripture, sometimes scripture lets you see a uh, long time after it was written, what's really going on. And, and, and this aptly describes the people that he was living with. He says, my soul has dwelt too long with those who hate peace. And I found that a lot of times some of the best people that come into the church 
are people who've lived their whole lives with people who are backbiting, fighting, arguing. They live their lives with people who um, there's always division. There's always uh, arguments. There's always struggle and trouble. And when they come to the church, you find a lot of things. You find the grace of God. You find the love of God. You find the purpose of God for your life. But also, and I think of just as much importance, you find a place of joy and peace, especially if you're in a church that's genuinely seeking after God. If you're in a church where people are genuinely trying to walk with God um, in His will for their lives, generally speaking, you find a people that have a joyful attitude toward life, and they have a positive outlook on life. And I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. They have a positive outlook on life because their outlook is seen through the eyes of Jesus. It's seen through who Jesus is. And when we're with him, there's power and there's purpose in it. And when we're with him, there seems to be direction. There seems to be stability. There seems to be, even when there's trouble all around, there seems to be hope that we're going to break through. A lot of times when a person's in a storm, they see no hope. But when you're with Jesus, even in the midst of the storm, you can always see that light out in the distance that you're going to get to. And you're going to get to because he's promised you you're going to get there and you're going to make it. And and no matter what the struggle is, you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to eventually be in a place where you glorify him by overcoming. When that's going on in in a believer, in, in a person's life, who maybe grew up in a family or grew up without a family and has always been a place of fighting and backbiting and turmoil and bitterness, when they finally find true hope, which is in Jesus, and they are in a church family that's actually not trying to vie for position, but all they're seeking for is God's best for themselves and for everyone around them. When they find that, they find peace and they find hope. And when they find that peace and hope, it utterly changes, utterly changes them. And uh, they don't want to be around that anymore. They're attracted to it. And I say this over and over again. Someone who is born again, who, who doesn't re- has re- not really heard the message of Jesus Christ, like that Ethiopian eunuch on the back of that chariot, as he's sitting reading the book of Isaiah, and God sends, to, sends him Philip to go. And Philip is about told by the Spirit to run up alongside the chariot. And, and as he reaches the chariot, he realizes that this powerful man who is over the treasury of Candace, he's in government and he's been, he's in a high position and there's many that want to take him out so that they can take that position. And this man who is a seeker of God, because he's been to Jerusalem to worship. See, he's searching for who, who the truth is and who God is. As, as Philip, as Philip runs alongside that, that, that chariot, he sees that he's reading, reading from Isaiah uh, 53, and he says to him, he says to him, do you know what you're reading? You know what that is? And he says, how can I, unless someone teaches me? What he's saying is, I've been searching, but I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And what he's basically asking is, will you tell me the gospel of Jesus? Will you tell me the good news? He doesn't know that, but he knows that his heart is searching for that. And the reason his heart is searching for that is because the Holy Spirit's already stepped in and made in him a new spirit. And he's desiring to know God because God's already reached down and touched him. And he just needs someone to come along. He just needs someone to come along and give him the hope of the good news. And Philip, the Bible says, sits down and starts there and he teaches him the good news of Jesus. And Philip 
And the Ethiopian eunuch, see, he's already been searching for it. So once he finds it, he's in. He's already bought in. He doesn't, there's not a sales technique that's got to be given. And oftentimes we as Christians think we've got to sell Jesus. We've got to go out there and be good salesmen. And we got to be the one who is so um, eloquent with our language and, and so spot on with what we've got to say. And we just say it just the right way. And that person magically, we somehow magically bring them to a place where they trust Jesus. That's not how it works. Uh, that's not how it works is God's already been working way before you show up on the scene. You're just joining him in the work he's already doing. You're not starting a new work, okay? And all he's asking for you to do is have an answer for the hope that's in you. That's what Paul says. He says, I want to have an answer. I want you to have an answer for the hope that's in you. And remember, it's so that it's your hope. It's specific to you. And when you're talking to that person, you're not starting something new and you don't have to sell them on it so that they'll become a Christian. Okay. What you've got to do is you've got to give them an answer for the hope that's in you that relates to, that's directly attributable to the gospel of Jesus and the good news of Jesus. And when you do that, just like that Ethiopian eunuch, he, he received it and he said, when they pass by some water, he says, here's some water. What's to keep me from being baptized? What he's saying is, I've heard it. I've been, this is what I've been looking for. I've been looking for a person to come along and give me, give me a message of hope or direct me in the direction of the truth, which is Jesus himself. And he, he says, I, I, I hear it. I hear what you, you said. What's to keep me from being baptized? And then Philip, he's not an um, apostle. Philip's not an apostle. He's just a he's just a regular Christian. And uh, Philip goes down in that water and baptizes him. And do you know that the church of Jesus Christ in Ethiopia has been one of the historically strongest churches in the world since that day? And you know why? It's because Philip, just your regular person, not he wasn't he wasn't Peter, James, and John. Philip, just your regular believer. Who had a now he was an evangelist because he was willing to tell the good news. He was an evangelist because he's willing to tell the good news, and God had God had gifted him because he was willing to tell the good news. He all he did was he just went up to that man and started where the man was and gave him a message of hope that's in Jesus. He had an answer for the hope that was in him. And having that answer for the hope that was in him. A whole nation was changed forever. You have a responsibility because you do live, you've lived a long time around people who hate peace. That's that's the world. But there are people who are in the in that situation who the Holy Spirit's already moving in their lives, who want an answer, who want a way out, who want to find true peace. There are people who are doing that today. They're wanting that. And your job, your responsibility, your call is just to tell them the good news from you, your perspective, the hope that God has given you. And when they find that hope because of people like you who are preaching the, the gospel, that's what you're doing. When you tell somebody the hope that's in you, you're just preaching the gospel. You're just telling them. You're just telling them the good news. When you do that, I, I want you to hear me today. The Holy Spirit steps in and their lives are changed. It takes a willing heart to do that. It takes a heart that's not afraid, that's not fearful, 
that has that's bold about what they believe and who they are. It takes a person who has a boldness about the Jesus that saved them. It takes a person who really genuinely has some courage that's born of God to go out there and relate to others the hope that's in them. And when you do that, I promise you, God moves in power. And we live in a people that with lying tongues, just like in this psalm, and, and some of them you may think are, you know, they're part of the end times. They're just absolutely going to hell for sure. But you don't know that. You're not, you don't have, you don't have any idea. You don't, there have been many of the worst of the people of this world be radically changed by the good news of Jesus Christ. And even though the perception of your life is, is that you're walking around with a bunch of wicked people, you never know how the Holy Spirit's working because the Holy Spirit's like the wind. You don't see it coming and you don't know where it's going. But when it passes by, you feel it. And the Holy Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit's in the, in the business of changing lives. And he's in the business of bringing about the new birth and bringing about salvation for those who are, who, who are lost in this world. And your responsibility in it is just to have an answer for the hope that lives in you. And he says, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. It's okay. They can be for war, <clears throat> but you're for peace. You're for not some illusory peace in this world. You're for eternal peace. You're for the peace that is, is permanent. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.